0: good morning and welcome to worship at first united methodist church it is a joy to see all of you gathered here and know that there are many worshiping with us online today if you would take a moment and register your attendance the pew pad is at the end of the aisle take a second and let us know who you are and uh, also if you are worshiping online if you would take a moment and comment on the service Before you, you will notice a rosebud. That is in honor of Asher McFarlane and her birth. We celebrate that birth. Uh, His birth, excuse me. (laughs) Wonderful way to start off worship, apologies. So uh, it's another great week here at uh, First United Methodist Church. Tuesday night, the Women of Faith will gather at the Country Club for a summer fellowship meal at 5.30. They would love for you to join them. Also, Wednesday night kicks off Wednesday night activities with a meal followed by 6 o'clock studies. There will be a dedication of the Children's room in honor of Beth Kimball at 6:15, uh, and at 6:30 there will be an ice cream social out at the portico. So we hope you could be a part of that. Let us prepare ourselves with worship with, for worship with prayer. Heavenly Father, it is nothing but joy to gather in this place today and worship you. We give thanks for this opportunity and we pray that you would increase our joy so that we might be found faithful and be faithful witnesses for you in all things. Bless this time of worship in Jesus' name. Amen. be seated And now we worship our God with our tithes and gifts. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word reminds us that you are the giver of every good and perfect gift, and we thank you for all the perfect gifts in our life. And from those gifts we give back to you, praying God that you would use these gifts to give witness to you in all things, that you would multiply them and use them for the growth of your kingdom. In Christ's name we pray, amen. be seated. Before you today, you may have noticed there are shoeboxes. These come from the mission team at the generosity of our children with Vacation Bible School. They fill these up during Vacation Bible School, and today we will bless them as well as the stockings you see before you Thanks to all of you who participated in Christmas stockings for the Salvation Army. And by the way, if you haven't gotten yours in, they're due by the end of the month, and there's a few left if, if you'd like to participate in that. But these shoeboxes will go to Nicaragua to be Chris, uh, Christmas for children there, to be given out by one of our United Methodist mi- uh, missionaries. So we bless them and send them forth today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just pray your blessings upon these stockings and shoeboxes. May they be for the children who receive them the love of Christ. And may they feel that love, knowing that your love is great and knowing that there are people who care about them in Jesus' name. So we ask that you send these forth. Uh, Protect them as they they travel, be with them, use them as instruments of your witness and your peace. And we not only pray your blessings upon these shoeboxes and stockings, but we also pray your blessings upon those in need, dear God. We lift up to you all those who are mourning and hurting, the sick and the struggling those in our community who need your grace. We lift up those in Maui, God, who are facing undescribable tragedy. And we lift up all the situations of hurt and distress in our community, in our nation, and our world. And we lift ourselves up to you, God, because we couldn't make it day by day without you. We need you. And we ask that you continue to be with us, that you forgive us our sins, and you help us as we grow on the path of discipleship. This we ask in the name of the one who taught his disciples to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, I and mean, children, you are dismissed to Children's Church with Miss Catherine. be seated. A sermon for back to school. Do we have anyone here who is a math fanatic, an accountant, someone who loves numbers? Any number? Lo- ah, very good. The first service people were reluctant to admit that. Well, I've got a sermon for you because today we're going to be doing some math. So do I have anyone in the congregation who is math averse? cannot span spreadsheets, uh, calculations, who breaks out in hives at the thought of calculus. Anyone like that? A few, yes. Well, don't worry, because the math that we're going to do is not dependent on your math skills. Rather, it's dependent on Christ for the increase, because he is the common denominator and the factor which solves our problems. I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of Matthew, and this is gonna be different than what is printed in your worship bulletin. But it is Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Hear the good news. Now when Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat and to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. And Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to the heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowd. And all ate and were filled, and they took up what was left of the broken pieces and the twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and this story of, of increase in the hands of Jesus. As we look to your word today, I pray that the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Jesus was deeply grieved. John the Baptist has just been beheaded by King Herod, and he's heavy in heart, so he wants to get away and pray and mourn, but he cannot The crowds keep following him. He gets on a boat, and the crowds follow along on the shore, and they find him. He has compassion on the crowds, and he he gathers there to, to teach and be with them. It is a long day, and the disciples say, Jesus, you must send the crowd away because we cannot take care of their needs. And Jesus takes care of their needs. He feeds the masses. Not only does he feed them, but there are 12 baskets left over. This is the feeding of the 5,000 and a miracle that is found in all of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke have left out some of the details that we read in the Gospel of John. And one of those details, which is not in our scripture reading for today, is the giver of the loaves and the fish. It is a young boy. We know this because Andrew tells Jesus in the Gospel of John that there is a boy who has loaves and fish. While he is not mentioned in the Gospel of Matthew, he is an important character nonetheless. Can you imagine being that boy We don't know why he was there. Perhaps he heard rumors of Jesus. Maybe he wanted to see a miracle and see what this man was all about. We do know he was prepared, or maybe he had a prepared mother who made sure he had food to eat. Unlike the rest of the crowd, he had his lunchbox. We also know that at some point he had to be willing to turn that over to Andrew, or convinced by Andrew to turn it over because he wasn't hiding the food away, he wasn't off in some corner trying to eat it without anyone noticing. He gave it to Andrew to give to Jesus for the increase. So here was this young boy giving away his food. You have to wonder what went through his mind as the loaves and fish left him. Was he excited about the possibility of a miracle? Or was he simply wanting Jesus and the disciples to eat ahead of his own needs, not expecting a miracle? Maybe he was terrified to have to go back home and tell his mother that he was hungry and he gave away the food she had, had given him and he had brought with him. We don't know. But we know that the crowd was seated on the grass and probably as he was ruminating over his thoughts, he noticed that the food was coming back. And not only back to him, but to those around him. Enough food for him and everyone in the crowd. And there were leftovers. This was a great return on his investment, better than bonds or, or the stock market or real estate. He gave what he had to Jesus, and Jesus multiplied it. He provided for the increase. What that boy learned was something that we should all know well, that a life with Jesus is not about scarcity. It's about abundance, that for those who follow Christ and who trust in Christ, they will find an abundant life. This is what Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians when he says that uh, he planted, Apollos watered, and God provided for the increase. That it is not about Apollos who watered or he who planted, but it is God who provides for the increase. And that is a truth we see again and again in our lives. God provides abundantly more than we can expect, an overflowing amount with leftovers. Now, as I say that, I'm not preaching prosperity gospel here. That's not what I mean at all. I don't mean that if you give God your loaves and fish, you're going to get a really nice car, a condo on the beach, a cabin in the mountains, or an overflowing bank account. Most of the times, the blessing and abundance we find is not by material means, it's in the other ways. But God does bless again and again and his abundance is overwhelming. He gives to us in so many different ways. But too often we live in the fear of scarcity. We're thinking how little, there's not enough. We see the problem instead of the solution. And we forget to remember that Jesus is in the multiplication business, and in his hands, our little makes much. It is much in terms of life's change, the gospel spread, and people coming to know the Lord in a powerful way. That is the beauty of abundance in Christ. I had someone in the church recently tell me that in the church everything is opportunity. We have many opportunities to do kingdom math. So where do we start? Where do we start with this mathematics? Well, I think we start with where we start in our life in the church, with our membership vows. If you are a member of this church, you pledge to support this church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And if you aren't members of this church, I'm sure we can agree these are our basics. Prayers, serving, giving, worship, and witnessing about Jesus. When we put the basics of our faith and trust in Christ, Christ multiplies these factors to become more. Our prayers Scripture tells us that the prayers of the righteous availeth much. That does not mean that we're righteous, but it means we're righteous in Christ. And because of that, our prayers are powerful. And I heard a story a few weeks ago from a member of the church who testified to that. She had had cancer. And during her cancer battle, she underwent treatments and surgeries, And she said that as she underwent all these, that she could feel your prayers, your prayers coming together. She knew she was being prayed for, and she knew those prayers were making a difference. Your prayers together surrounded her with grace and healing, with confidence and peace, and made all the difference as she battled cancer. Your prayers coming together to pray for the needs of this congregation, its ministries, our community, and our world do make a difference. God uses them together to multiply for his good. So we should pray. Presence. When we come together as the body of Christ, as I reminded you in my first sermon here, Jesus is present. When we come together in his name, Jesus is among us so when you're not here you miss experiencing jesus but more importantly when you're not here you are missed we are the body of christ christ brings us together in in worship whether that be here in the sanctuary at traditions or celebrations on thursday night or online we are the body of christ and when you're not here something is missing because you're an important part of that body Your presence here is valuable, so continue to show up. Service. A couple of weeks ago, we had Gift to Gadsden. It was an incredible week where we reached over 200 people in this community. We served them, and it took a lot of people to bring that together. It was a lot of work and there were people who registered, people who advertised, people who taught classes, who served, who set up, who cleaned up, who baked cookies, and I could go on and on. Can you imagine if we had one person to try to do all that? It wouldn't get done. But can you imagine if we had a lot of people to try to do it, but they didn't work together? People serving, but going parallel instead of coming together. But they did come together, and God provided for the increase. He took those individual gifts and made them something greater, something beautiful, something good that reached many people. And that's the way it is when we serve. When we serve together, we can do more in the name of Jesus than we could individually. So we serve. Gifts. It's the same with gifts. When we give to the offering plate or online, our resources make a difference. You as an individual could not keep up this sanctuary. You could not provide a place for quality child care for the children of Gadsden. You could not do all the missions, all the children's programs, all the youth programs, the pastoral care for the needy, and on and on and on. But because we work together and God provides for the increase, we're able to do ministries and reach people in need and reach people for Jesus Christ. We make a difference as First United Methodist Church. So you should give and witness. This is probably the greatest place to see the increase because it's easy to see this kind of math. Think about this. When Jesus started in ministry, he called 12 men to follow, and then he brought in a few more followers and empowered those followers by the power of the Holy Spirit. They were uh, imbibed with the Holy Spirit, and they went to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, to the Roman Empire to share about Jesus. On the day that I wrote this sermon, I happened to Google how many Christians are there today. And I found out that there are 2,604,381,000 Christians in the world. 2,000 years, 12 followers to that number. And we're a part of that. We're Christians because someone shared the gospel with us. And we're part of that mathematics. We keep sharing and giving and doing for the sake of Jesus. So we witness trusting God will provide for the increase. Of course it can be a scary endeavor to place what we have in Jesus's hands. We don't know how he's going to use our prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. We just trust knowing that Jesus can provide for the increase and that he will continue to bless and work and be in the middle of it just as he was with the feeding of the 5,000. Let's face it, kingdom mathematics has to start somewhere, and it starts with us. So when someone says, where is First United Methodist Church? You may be quite tempted to say, well, we're at the corner of Chestnut and Fifth. But really, First United Methodist Church is anywhere that somebody's doing math, kingdom math. Someone's investing in the kingdom, using their prayers, presents, gifts, service, and, and witness for Jesus. It is where the people gather to practice this kind of mathematics. We give to God, and God becomes the multiplying factor. Our little in the hands of Jesus becomes much. So school has started back, and it's time to start doing your math. And ta- start participating in the kingdom work of our Lord. Amen. Let us pray. Amen. Lord Jesus, we thank you uh, that you are continually providing for the increase. And we don't know what that will look like, but we trust in you. Praying that you take our little, our gifts, and you multiply them for your use, for your glory and the coming of your kingdom. This we pray in your holy name. Amen. If you have a prayer need in your life or feel God calling you to the sacrament of baptism or if you'd like to make a profession of faith or unite with First United Methodist Church, I'll be available after the service to speak with you. And now for the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.